of Rad have a show about Quantum Leap, where they talk about what they saw on their sweet podcast about Quantum Leap. Leaping from person to person through time is the plot of every Quantum Leap. Sam gets advice from Ziggy and L. Welcome to the Leap Home, colon, a look bacula. My name is Aaron Mason. I'm Nick Allers. And today, we are talking about season two, episode six, four if you Netflix, Good Morning Peoria, September 9th, 1959. But before we get into the episode, I think we should address, Nick, where the fuck have we been? Yeah, who wants to start that? Now, we have to stick to our strict Quantum Leap only yeah, so policy that we have on this show. I really don't know how this works, then. So you just have to make it a broad allegory. Oh. We leapt into a guy who got a new job, <laughs> and so... Um, actually, this episode is really relevant uh, to what I've been going through, because yeah. it's all about working at a radio station. Sure. Which is kind of fun. And who do we have to thank for that? We have Carolyn... I'm going to say... Householder? I wouldn't have gone for the last name at all. Or Householder. She probably doesn't appreciate that. On Facebook. It's on Facebook. Everybody can see it. It's true. We did ask for it on Facebook. Thank you very much, Carolyn. Yeah. Uh, let's get right into it, shall we? We should. We have expectations to live up to. I uh, I don't know, though. Do we, do we give our general opinions? I still haven't... Yeah, I think we can. I okay. think that's totally fine. Go ahead. I thought it was great. I thought the soundtrack was great, the whole episode. Yeah, guys, I could barely hear the episode because Nick was singing along to everything. <laughs> but two-thirds of the way through, I stopped taking notes because I got bored. So we're yeah, going to throw that out. Something happened. Yeah. Something happened two-thirds of the way through. Nothing specific, I don't the, think. The coke in the writer's room was bad that day. <laughs> That's right. There wasn't any. It was a tough time. Can you imagine? I can't. DPB wrote the first two-thirds of the show. <laughs> Um, let's talk about it. So it does one of these weird things that you first hit play and Sam immediately leaps into someone who has nothing to do with the episode at all. It's one of these weird, quick beginning leaps that he'll leap out of in like 20 seconds. Cause it was a montage again. Like we get a narration. Yeah. We see it. It's basically like a 20 second clip show to start the episode. It's a 20 second clip show that's meant to like get you on board. Cause yeah. Sam's like, so sometimes I travel through time and I leap into blind people who play the piano. And this was this season two, right? Season two, like episode six. So I'm, not even the beginning of yeah, season two. I, so, no excuse. <laughs> we haven't jumped back to season two in a long time, but maybe they give a refresher every time. I think you're giving way too much credit. But uh, in that 20 second montage, we saw an episode we haven't seen yet. No. At least I haven't. Uh, maybe it's a lost Stevie Wonder episode that I'm unaware of. Like he's wearing sunglasses and playing a, a piano like he's blind. I went Ray Charles. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny how that happened. Um, yeah, no, it's terrible. He leaps out. It has nothing to do with anything. No. You just wasted like a good minute and a half of my time, and I'm real upset. Which is the idea, I'm sure. And then we get into the actual sode. Sam leaps out of the blind piano player and right into... Tutti Frutti! Oh, Rudy! That's right. Little Richard, 45, spinning around the record spinner. Right. And, turntable. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> and, uh, and he's a DJ. And Tutti Frutti ends, and there's, I'm going to say, 30 seconds of actual silence. Like 30... After a record scratch. A literal record scratch. A literal record scratch. (laughs) And there's nothing. He's just sitting there like a dummy. 
And 30 seconds is a long time when you're listening. when you're on the air. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like four seconds is too long. (laughs) This is 30. I'm not going to math. It's almost 10 times that amount. (laughs) Um, And, but nobody in the studio, there are two people in the studio. There's uh, Rachel, who we'll meet in a second. Mm -hmm. Who uh, Who I'm very excited to talk about. Who, I can't wait. Who owns the joint. And, um... The next DJ, whoever he is. Yeah. He's, he's poking around in the he back. He wears a louder shirt than Sam, which is saying a lot for 1950s radio. Was, I kind of like the outfit. I think his name this, was uh, Ryan. I called him Loud Shirt Ryan in my notes. <laughs> awesome. Um, so nobody cares. Yeah. They're all like, oh, I guess this is, uh, this is how this guy operates. This guy who we know who is a professional DJ. I guess he just sits there in silence. Nothing could be wrong. <laughs> and eventually... <laughs> She comes in over the mic and she's from the from the booth and she's like, uh, chick. And he's like, oh, and just like melts down. Yeah. Credits. As Sam does. Yes. But this is a thing. Not that, even a no boy, right? No, not a no, nothing. Nothing good. I think he might oh, have no. gone. There was, there was. I'm a DJ. He said, I got the quote. Oh, Please. my God. I'm a DJ. But that was like, uh, we could hear his thought. Oh, my God. I'm a DJ. Oh, it was a Smash voiceover cut. too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, guys. And they do this thing. I hate this thing so much. If you listen to the show, you know. I'm not a fan of Sam just bumbling like an asshole. He's smart enough that he can fake his way Switch around memory, something. Bro. But oh, I've, <laughs> I have many complaints about Swiss cheese memory in this show. Which comes up this episode, of course. So we're watching the opening credits. I mentioned about how it's been so long since we've done this show. I forgot how long the credits were. Like, if you played the credits... I did not. The opening credits of this show, back-to-back, in the time that it's been between our episodes, you may have been able to listen to it, like, 15, 16 times. (laughs) That's how long these opening credits are. So... But we got the mirror reflection even before the the opening credits. Oh, did we? Yeah, we did. And I was going to ask if you have any comments on his appearance as this 50s shock jock. No. Just well, eventually. I mean, for the times. <laughs> yeah. A- apparently, everything is shocking to the villain in this piece, which is a very, like, boss hog, shut it down, no rock and roll in my town kind of guy, who we'll meet in a second. Right. Uh, but two things are revealed to us before we go to the opening credits. One is that Rachel, who we've mentioned, mm-hmm. is played by Jill Taylor uh, Guys, from Home Improvement. Obviously. I forget the actual actress's name, but she's mi- Jill Taylor. Ms. Tim the Tool Man. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. And when we get that mirror reflection, the only one, because it doesn't matter what he looks like, really. But it's about what I expected for a 50s DJ. He looked like uh, the bad guy from Superman 2. I think he was Zod. <laughs> right? He looked a little he futuristic. Sharp, sharp salt and pepper beard. He did. He kind of looked like General Zod. Like yeah. if General Zod was going to be an old hippie in the 60s. Right. That's right. That's he, was, he was right before that. That's it. Okay. Uh, but his name in the episode is Howlin' Chick Howl. That's his radio tape. And he works at a station. <laughs> Which is just a Wolfman Jack thing, right? Obviously. Wolfman Sam, then. I'm calling him the rest oh of the Oh, my God. Wolf Sam Jack? <laughs> Wolf Sam Jack. We've All right, done good. it. We've done Somebody it. write that down. Let's close this thing. I'll forget it. You know what? Good night, everybody. <laughs> no, because now we're coming out of opening credits. And Sam is still sitting in awkward silence. Mm-hmm. Jill Taylor's like, yo, dog, let's, <laughs> let's do something here. And he's like, do what? He has to have a general sense of what he's leaping because his whole body is basically a flame, 
right? So he can yeah, know he can to s- expect that he's in a new situation. Why is he Mr. Magoo every time he leaps into everybody? I don't think Just we've... walking off a plank on a construction site. <laughs> <laughs> Stepping on I-beams. Yeah. Guys, don't worry about it. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah, uh, I don't know if we've ever really talked about this. When Sam leaps, he turns this like crazy blue business. Sure. I guess he can see it. Al can see it. Sure. Can Sam, does he like look at his hands and he's like, oh, I'm leaping now? He has to know that he's leaping. Okay. So then when he, when he, that's the, that's the leap out. But when he leaps into a place, like we're talking about here, are you saying he's like jarred by the situation? We know he gets Swiss cheese brained. Do you say but he right like, in that moment he does? I mean, come on. First of all, he's been there no, for. I, I think the moment he leaps out of the baseball player and leaps into the football player. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think he. I, I. I assume he must know like this is happening, and he should prepare himself for whatever the situation is. This one is, isn't even that bad. Record scratch is the worst he encountered. Are you on this kidding movie. me? We're back to we're back from the break uh-huh. from the credits, and he's sitting there. She's telling him to read the paper in front of him. He, he <laughs> he's got a microphone in front of his mouth. You can be a two year old from a tribe that's never seen an aeroplane, and if you have a microphone in front of your mouth, you're gonna like mess around with it and figure something out. But Sam, no. But he's got this paper, it's an ad to read, and Sam apparently forgets how to read. He's got six PhDs, and he can't pronounce very simple words. <laughs> very exciting, though. Opening credits. Uh, we see, should we reveal the name? Oh, no. Special Guys, there's by? a big cameo in yes. this. But anybody that watched it before they listened to this already knows. Fools. Uh, we didn't know how that particular cameo was going to come about. I mean, it's not a cameo if they announce it right at the beginning, I guess. Yeah, special guest. But we're like, oh, that's interesting. But I assumed, never mind, we'll get to it. No, go for it. Guys, it's Chubby Checker. It's Chubby, special appearance by Chubby Checker, it says in the credits. And this is about 50s rock and roll radio. And so we're thinking, well, and this episode, I think, uh, if IMDb is correct, was filmed in 1990 or aired in 1990. So there's no reason Chubby Checker would be playing himself. No. We see that in the He credits. is 31 years older <laughs> than he should be. Spoiler alert. And boy, howdy, <laughs> does he look it. There's a scene. They all start doing the it's twist amazing. at some point in the lobby. And there are like four or five people doing the twist. And Chubby Checker is head and shoulders above the rest. The worst at doing his own move. Which Sam taught him, but we'll get there. Okay, so... Wolf Sam Jack. Wolf Sam Jack. Yeah. Uh, is, he's in between songs. He finally figured out how to read and play a record. And they're standing in the, uh, in the control room, and he's talking with Jill Taylor. And he's kind of like, you know, being real flippant about stuff because he doesn't know what's going on yet. And she interprets it as uh, him, like, sort of making a joke of everything. And she says... You, you don't take anything seriously. Name two things you take seriously. And in, and in my head, I go, quantum physics and time travel. <laughs> and Wolf Sam Jack says quantum physics and time travel. <laughs> and she gets real wet. Got, oh, the first of many. Yeah, 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 of course. So... 
the other DJ guy is saying, hey, what's going on? You're like, you're acting so weird. It's her, isn't it? There's some sparks between you Rachel. two. They sort of plant the, the seed of romance. Yeah. The, uh, the Ch- Chekhov's gun, if She's you looking pretty fly. I mean, this is pre-home improvement days. Guys, she's, she's looking, looking pretty- real fly. Yeah. I'm going to say better than Terry Hatcher. If I can take a bold, whoa, whoa, if I can whoa. make a bold statement, that is a bold statement for people our age. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'm just telling you. She's pulling it off, guys. Our and in discovery the cute, years, in the cute fifties yeah. garb, you know yeah. what I mean? It worked for her. I'll give you that. Uh, so then we see a confrontation outside with Fred, who we're introduced uh, to for the first time. That's right. Who's not their boss, right? Fred Beeman. Yeah, that's right. Frederick R. Beeman. He's he, just like a, he can bring in big sales for them. He's or? a major advertiser. He says that he owns a, a newspaper and hardware store. That if the station continues to play this rock and roll music that is corrupting the youth, he will pull his advertisements. Don't and, play those records. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, at this point, I have a note that uh, there's so much going on in, this, in the first couple minutes uh, that I'm writing notes furiously, and we're having to pause quite a bit. And Nick is continuing to sing the songs that are I on love in the background, this soundtrack even so while much. it's on. <laughs> My parents, growing up, just a little bit of background, and then back to Quantum Leap. Guys, it's related. It ties in. It ties in. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Speaking of ties, Al fits up next. <laughs> it was, oh, yeah. And he tucked it in. That was weird. Uh, weird Al and oldies was all I grew up with until I was 15 years old. And then I found Nirvana and shit. Shocking. So, yeah. That's it. So I knew all the words to every song, and I was very excited about it. Our neighbors, not as much. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get our first appearance of Admiral Al Calabici. That's right. He shows up amidst the argument there in the lobby of the radio station with Fred and Jill Taylor hey, that's and right. Wolf, Wolf Sam Jack. Wolf Sam, I'll never get that right. <laughs> uh, I am really digging what Al's wearing. I wrote a note that I actually like this outfit. It's that loud, uh, it looks like a leather jacket that's been spray painted silver that he's wearing. And he's got this sweet tie that's like a black base, but then ha- it looks like paisley on acid on top of it. <laughs> and he's got these like 50s pants and these slick shoes. I'm like, I actually dig this outfit. He's in it for two goddamn seconds. Yeah. And then in, in the next scene, he's in the outfit he's in for the rest of the show. And it's nowhere near as cool, guys. It's fine. I was disappointed. <laughs> so Sam speaks up for rock and roll. Right? He's being like, what are you doing, bro? You can't pull these ads. Yeah, like, this, this is, is ridiculous. His and Jill Taylor's, like, first real bonding moment. That's right. Like, I don't know what their relationship w- was before Sam leaped in to Wolf, Sam Jack. There you go. <laughs> but all of a sudden, they're bonding. Like, they're fighting together for uh, yeah, that's right. freedom of speech, basically. Basically. And later on, literally. And they walk out to, we're talking about Sam and uh, Jill now are walking out to uh, Wolfman Sam's car, and we see this sweet car, but uh, Chunk... Wait. Chuck, Chunk? Chuck <laughs> Chick. I can't read my handwriting. I was going so fast. <laughs> on, on the windshield of Wolfman Sam's car is this... Uh, it looks like soap, when uh-huh. you can like write with soap, and it says, Chuck Chick, no more rock and roll. So there's some, uh, there's some anti-rock and roll sentiment going on. I don't yeah. know who's playing these pranks. I don't understand... Like later on uh, in the episode, when when the when the the ba- the whole thing starts to escalate, you know, and a crowd gathers outside of the radio station, and they're like supporting him and chanting, and then the the villain is off, and he's like, "I'm gonna cut the cords" and all this stuff. 
he's the only one that really gives a shit. Like that's sort of a, uh, an important part of the plot later is that everyone else is telling him like, all right, dude, like it's just music, like calm down. And he's like stalwart. And he's like, absolutely not. This is destroying everything. So who's like vandalizing his Sam's car. Is it this old guy? Like, I seriously doubt it. I was going to accuse Al, but he's a whole grand. I don't, <laughs> I don't think you can do it. Sure. <laughs> oh, God. Just to fuck with him. Oh, man. Okay. It's, yeah, and it was a sweet vet, too. It really was, guys. The cars in this episode. We get a Ziggy stat around this point. Ooh. There's a 92.4% chance. Those odds are looking good. I like it. That Sam's there to save Jill, not from a murder, which instantly I was checked out, uh, but <laughs> but basically from her becoming a wash-up because... <gasps> Go ahead. What? Go ahead. <laughs> I just saw something. I'm going to bring it up in a second. Okay. You can bring it up now. I'm done. Can I? Yes. I just took a look at the photograph that we have framed sitting next to us as, record, as we record this show. Mm-hmm. That Mr. Lance Romanoff gave to us That's right. at the live Quantum Leap show we did when he flew from Boston, Massachusetts with a gift for us. And it is of Scott Bakula uh-huh. in this outfit doing the twist. Oh my God. It's from this it's episode. from this episode. Wow. I've been staring at that for months. 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 This is the one. That's the one. Thank Lance, you, Lance. Lance. Lance, you know what you're doing. He sent us an article, too, about this uh, mysterious... I know, it's ridiculous. Potentially, I think it's fake, but... I do, too, but I really like it. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll in, get to that. In the bonus... Because there's a link on Facebook. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> bonus sewed. Coming, coming later. Okay, so Sam shows up for his first shift. It's the next day. He's, Richie uh, Valens is in the background, which I appreciated. Again, I'm singing along. Go ahead. Uh... What are you going to play? Like, she's like, uh, you're kind of late. Like, you don't even know what you're going to play for your first song. And he's like, oh, yeah, the Beatles. Who are the Beatles, she says. That's a quote. Sam, Which... I, 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 like tongue out of his mouth. <laughs> Always a fun reminder when Sam forgets where he is. <sighs> Constantly, which is the past, and you should constantly be constantly. The Beatles, you know, they wrote that song, Microwave, Microwave. (laughs) Microwave, iPhone, rocket ship. (laughs) So, yeah, then he's at work, and Al's giving him assistance, but Sam, I guess... Al, by the way, who's wearing the sweet sunglasses tie clip. Yes. Which we know and love. Big first and second season move, the sunglasses tie clip with Al. It's a tie clip, it's a lapel pin, guys, it's everything. Yeah. Uh, but he's basically, because he has the Swiss cheese memory again, so he doesn't remember rock and roll from his growing up. That's important. Yes. I want everybody to remember what Nick just said. Yes. Sam does Wolf not Sam remember. does not remember. <laughs> Wolfman Sack does not, Wolfman Sack. I call Although him. he did bring up the Beatles, so his memory is spotty, but still there. Yeah, and spoiler alert, he, he remembers Good Morning Vietnam pretty fucking well. <laughs> <laughs> But he, uh, okay. Clearly, DPB is a big fan. We got an episode title fashioned after that movie. Yeah, that's right. As well as a blatant reference, like, "Oh, we all know what we're talking about without saying it." Yeah, and the way this uh, the way this plays out is Sam doesn't remember any music, so Al's there to be like, "Well, I'll help you." And so Sam is like, instead of Al In standing full behind, view of the entire control, yeah, room. the control room is looking through the window. It's a big glass window. You can see everything that's important part of the job, and. 
Sam is instead of having Al like stand over his shoulder or fucking inside of him because he's a hologram. <laughs> no, you're thinking of Whoopi Goldberg. He's, a ghost. <laughs> you're right. You know what? You're right. <laughs> it doesn't work the same way with holograms. She was a guest. He was a guest. <laughs> now I'm just thinking about the evil ghost on the train. Like that guy. He was great. That actor. I forget his name. Willie. Frank. Something? I just know. I just know the character's name. Willie. That's weird. You're dead, so Willie. He's, so Sam, is, Al is standing next to Sam, and Sam is just holding up records. Like he's reading to a kindergarten class to show Al what he should pick. And everybody's looking at this guy being like, why is he showing records to nobody next to him? Except for Jill Taylor, who's like, this would make a great character on a radio show. Like she seemed kind of intrigued by it. Like, let's make this... A bit uh, psychopath, <laughs> a radio sensation. Well, I I have to assume that uh, Sam's next bit here really seals the deal for her because he gets on the mic and literally this is this episode is called Good Morning Peoria. Mm-hmm. This is a small radio station in Peoria, Illinois. Literally turns on the mic and goes Good Morning Peoria, yeah. and then he's like flippity flam on the slippity slam. Oh my god, he's just uttering nonsense, absolute nonsense. It's unlistenable. Like spaz talk. But it's exactly what was huge at the time. <laughs> and he right? was so sweaty all of a sudden. Like, all of a sudden, he just yeah. embodied like the big fat slobby DJ from the <laughs> 50s. I thought maybe he was having an allergic reaction which to something. Which also, I, I mean, I made the Wolfman Jack reference earlier, but American Graffiti, which I don't know if you've ever seen. I haven't. But now that he's become, like, they're clearly channeling this. Oh, like, that's I see. why I made that joke in the first place. But also, everybody dancing in the streets, and he's playing the rock and roll. Uh-huh. We should watch American Graffiti. It's on Amazon Prime. Well, I feel like I've seen it already after this episode. <laughs> um, Sam, of course, plays Great Balls of Fire. Yeah, and they are literally like Nick said, dancing in the street. There's this yep. whole montage about yeah, how everybody yeah, in town is getting back. turned on, except for the old fella and his crew. <laughs> They're uh, all upset about it, and it keeps cutting back to Sam. And Sam is, I guess, I couldn't figure out if he was just talking over the music that they were playing on Quantum Leap. You know what I mean? Like, it was a montage, right? Right. So the... This is hard to explain without sounding a little obtuse, but they, they're playing a song on Quantum Leap, right? And it's to a montage. So normally when that happens, the visuals you're watching, there's no connection between the visuals and the song that's playing. You know, there's like like a Survivor's playing and Rocky's climbing a tree, but he's not listening to Survivor. Sure. So there's a disconnect. But in this episode, everybody who was dancing or in the soda shop and all this stuff are all listening to the radio. So they're hearing what we, the viewer, are hearing. And then it cuts back to Sam and he starts DJing. Over the music? I think he's just cutting into the music and talking over it. <laughs> Sam, these songs are two and a half minutes long. Which you all can the wait. best DJs do Ugh. Is, is talk over the intro or an outro of a song. Oh, but while he's doing his talking, let me tell you something. We learn about Al Calavici. Mm-hmm. He is comedy gold. <laughs> oh, boy. He's giving Sam lines As to always. say. That's right. They're riffing. They're yeah. having a good time. Jill Taylor thinks he's doing a bit. Turns out he's just... I mean, Sam's crazy, right? Sam, he, okay, he's yes. never leapt through time. This episode, Sam is crazy. At one point, I I wrote down, I'm not sure if Sam's going to leap out of this. Like he's having so much fun. Yeah, he, he loves being a DJ, dude. I've never seen him happier in a loop. No, me neither. Never. And Joel Taylor is pretty hot. So between the two, super hot. Let me tell you guys, there are sparks. But he, but that's later. We've already talked about he can't he can't choose whether or not he can leap out. 
I yeah, guess he right. could choose not to succeed in the mission. Yeah, that's it. But this mission wasn't even that vital. It was like, hey, make sure Jill gets a good job moving forward. Yeah, there was you're no. Right. Di- I mean, usually there's no, a th- murder lingering. No, doesn't like the station go no. under and her life turns. Let me to go shit? back to the Ziggy stat. It was a ninety-four point two percent chance. Oh boy, that Jill just like turned into a shitty person <laughs> <laughs> because rock and roll was not allowed to succeed. Oh. That's all it came down to. That's amazing. Yeah. So in so while Sam's doing this bit, right? He's having his uh, DJ talk and he's 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 hamming Baba it up. Baba Booey, Baba Booey. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's hamming it up with Al. And they start doing this invisible man routine because I think somebody gets wise to the fact that people are seeing that Sam is behaving oddly. I thought it was Jill. She's the one that made yeah, it. Yeah, and so so Sam starts talking to the invisible man, but not to Al. Did you notice that? No. Sam, Al is feeding Sam jokes until Sam starts doing the invisible man bit. And then Al shuts up. <laughs> it's the one time I've seen in the history of this five-season television program where Sam has an honest-to-God excuse to talk to Al and not look like a complete psychopath. <laughs> and he fucking doesn't do it. Al's not good at improv. That's oh. what we're learning here today. So Al... But in- also the other side of it, Fred and that whole war going on on the other side. Yes, the old folk. They're also worried about bad pl- publicity, we learned. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Which is an important thing to take away from this, I think, is that, uh, you know, they're, they're all... Both sides are about image. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Nobody... Yeah, the, the, the radio station doesn't want to back down. They believe in something. Right. right? So they're trying, to, they're trying to do their thing and stand out and make some, make some waves. And the, uh, but yeah. without making enemies. Yeah, that's is, right. Yeah. But the old crusty folk right. are having none of it. So <clears throat> so Al, while he's not being uh, while he's not contributing anymore during the invisible man bit, decides to go stand in front of a window, and you can tell that something's about to happen. Because <laughs> you can see the bad 90s like green screen. Al looks weird. And a brick comes flying through the window. Again, these conservative vandals. I don't know who's writing on the windshield. I don't know who's throwing bricks through the studio. But it flies through the window, through Al, and onto the soundboard where everything goes. It it breaks and uh, shuts it down. Right. And Sam notices... Oh, something's up. We're not. Uh, we're not broadcasting. Power's like out. There's 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 something going on. The power's out. So the cuts a commercial. We come back, and Sam is lying under the mixing console, and Jill's dress. <laughs> she is standing directly behind the mixer, and Sam is under it from the front, like you would be in a car, and just straight. I mean, she's r- like straight up, straight up looking up her skirt. There's no way. <clears throat> Uh, that's where he makes a reference. He's he's up there like soldering wires and trying to do the chat, and he's like, uh, oh, "It's kind of like uh, kind of like the guys when they started Apple." Yeah, Ugh. and she goes, "What's Apple?" Which reminded me of the Simpsons joke. Not to take this away from QL. <laughs> that's all right. Judges will give it a Simpsons pass. That's right. The quote is, uh, "What computers?" And that was in the like mid to late nineties when they were slamming on Apple for not being relevant enough. Oh wow, really? Which I think is especially <laughs> relevant now because that joke means no sense anymore. But it did in the fifties, and is ironic because what's Apple? <laughs> Look how popular the Simpsons are now. Uh, and then this is when we get our big chubby checker scene, guys. 
Sam Ugh. fixes the board. Everything's back on track. And Chubby then, Checkers, 31 years older oh than he should God. be playing. So like 60. Plays himself <laughs> in like the flat top afro wig. Am I being offensive? No, not I, at all. I probably am. I was just about to say, uh, good thing for him, black don't crack. Because <laughs> he, he looks okay. I mean, he, he looks, looks okay until he, he tries sweet. to do the twist. Oh, God. <laughs> it's just humiliating. He looks like the before video you on, on a an, twist. You don't have to do it again. He looks like a before video on one of those infomercials for copper bracelets. <laughs> I don't know what a copper bracelet you know is. I mean, it's supposed to like heal your joints or something. It's like bullshit. <laughs> That's what he looks like. So uh, Sam is basically like, you need to play this record. It's uh, Chubby Checker shopping around his demo. That's right. what this is. He's got a demo of the twist. And this is when I figure out, oh, I see what's going to happen. Sam, being from the future, knows every song that's going to be a hit. So he's working in this radio station. They need to play good yeah, rock and roll and be Beatles. the number one station. Yep. He's, he's got it. He hears a song. He knows what horse to bet on. You know what I mean? Back right. to the Future 2 style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, right. they're walking down the street. Sh- shifts over. Sam's, Sam's, uh, Sam's walking around. And he's got this plan. He's talking to Jill. He's talking to Sam. He's got, or he's talking to Al. He's got this plan. Don't know what the fuck it is. I think we're supposed to know because he's all excited after some like verbal cue, like some word that reminds him of something. I stop writing notes just so the listener knows. But go on. I still have like three more. (laughs) No idea what this plan is. So uh, he, Sam, runs off to go uh, start his mission, and we get the scene where uh, the old people are sitting around, and the council passes the ban. We learned that uh, it's actually a thing that they can no longer play rock and roll on the radio in Peoria. So Sam shows up at the station and barricades the goddamn door. Desk, couch, chairs, all of it. And he's like, we're going to play rock and roll. And who's he put on? Bill Haley in the comments. I don't mind saying. What was the song? Rock Around the Clock. That's right. You gotta rock around the clock. To, that's all I was doing. It's like my mom when she tries to sing a lot of stuff. <clears throat> so, so, of course, the old folk are sitting around uh, at, across the street at like the diner, and yep. they got the radio on, and they hear what's going on. Oh, and they are infuriated. Well, he, Mr. Beeman is. But he's the only one. He's telling, like, the, the police chief is there, the mayor is there, and he's like, you got to go arrest them. They're breaking the law. And the police chief's like, what are you, like, it's just music. Like, who gives a shit? And the mayor's like, I'm not going to go cause a ruckus. It's like an election year. Like, yeah. I'm not going to do that. That's- it's like, oh, what I wrote down, and I didn't realize what it meant until just now. Uh, <laughs> Lithgow but lemur. So uh, yes. Beeman is basically Lithgow, Lithgow from Footloose. Footloose. But somehow even labor, he's <laughs> <laughs> he's not even like a religious guy. Like he doesn't no, have a, he doesn't yeah, have like a, a holy directive. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. no, he's just a fucking hardware store owner. Hey, listen, these kids can't rock or roll. I thought you were going to defend Let hardware store owners. <laughs> so um, Sam has this strategy. Uh, we come back from commercial, and Sam has this whole strategy where he's uh, pulling news articles, and he's basically quoting Beer- Beerman? Am I getting that right? Be- Beeman. Beeman. <clears throat> Beekman? Can I just call him Beekman? Yeah. I'll remember that. Like the rat? Remember Beekman's world? 
No. No? It was like a Bill Nye, like AM science thing? Nope. Sorry, guys. Not Quantum Leap. Nerd alert. <clears throat> so you get a Simpsons, I get a Beekman's World. <laughs> all right? Fair. He's reading all this stuff over the air, this article that Beekman wrote talking about how music is bad and it's bad for the kids and rock and roll is going to destroy the youth of America. And then he... He's like, and I got one more thing to read for you, and busts out the first goddamn amendment and like reads the freedom of speech. He certainly does. Oh my goodness. So apparently one of Sam's PhDs is in like constitutional law. (laughs) Good for you, Sam. Good for you. Uh, So the But that's an obvious move. If you're Sam in that moment from nineteen ninety-nine or wherever he comes from. Yeah, that's right. Uh, like you're you're gonna use the First Amendment, right? Even in 1959, you're gonna look like a fucking hero. No, 1999 to those, those are, dirty hippies. Those are prime Howard Stern years. Everybody doing the twist is fucking disgusting to me, but I understand where they're coming from. So he has the radio First Amendment <laughs> thing fresh in his brain. Um, so things are escalating. Shit's getting crazy, and they cut power to the goddamn station. They do it. They cut power. Everything goes. Uh, Wolf Sam Jack and Jill Taylor are holed up in the studio. Air conditioning they, is gone now. They've barricaded the door. So they're all sweaty. What else are they going to do? Let's fuck. No, not yet. That's that's next. Okay. First, the as soon as the lights go off, they're like, oh, God, there's a generator in the basement. What's this? Oh, your pussy? Let's fuck. Yeah. yeah. Sam, in the dark, you you just hear Jill go like, oh. And Sam's like, oh, I was looking for the light switch. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was their foreplay. They were deep in character <laughs> during that scene. Method. We all know he's method. <laughs> he lived in a monkey cage for a week for that one episode. <laughs> what if so, he did? What if he only ate bananas for the entire filming of oh that episode? Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I don't know Scott Bakula, but I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't put it past him. He's so, the Daniel Day-Lewis of <laughs> shitty NBC <laughs> shows from the 90s. Daniel Day Boo is. <laughs> so they go down in the basement. They're starting the generator slash basement lawnmower, I believe is what you called it, Nick. <laughs> yeah. Like, we got to work together to pull this chain to get things back on track. And he's like, it's funny because he's sitting there, like, trying to be a handyman, and he can't even, like, pull start this generator. And I knew she, I know she's going to get with the tool man later. That's right. So I know how she's judging him. Uh, and it's uh, harsh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's not grunting like an ape or anything. She's like, I'm going to spit out a JTT in a few years, and you're giving me this? Yes. Oh, God. So, guys, the generator's back on, but unfortunately, it's not a generator that can control both station power and air conditioning, like Nick said. So the climate is uncontrolled. It's starting uh-huh. to get hot. And like Nelly said. It's getting hot in here? I'm they're just going to take off all their clothes? I don't know. They don't. Thank God I was right. She does unbutton point. a little bit. And you can uh-huh. see some, uh, yeah, a little uh, Joe Cleef. <laughs> <laughs> if only we'd, we could uh, personalize these episode titles. Jill Cleave. Jill Cleave. Never mind. So... Sam is playing hit after hit after hit, like legendary hit after legendary hit, because he knows what they're going to be. And he's really in character at this point, like between songs when he's transitioning. He says the word Dagnabbit at one point, like he's just taking on like, he's like the worst, he's like Rich Little, but worse. Oh God! (laughs) That's a reference too. Guys, we got some deep references this episode, and I like it. Uh, 
they're having like flirty poetry talk. She she straight up. She's like, I want to ask you something personal. And he's like, What? She's like, Why the f- like? Why are you doing this? And his answer is a goddamn poem, right? Uh. So he is laying it on thick. He starts playing this like romantic song for her. I don't remember the song, but it's this love ballad. They're like slow dancing. I can see her engorged clit from here. She is <laughs> she, she is slow dancing. They start kissing and then they start fucking making out and then she goes slap. Yeah, Jill slap is what we call that. Like Rick James. Yeah. And Al's back. <laughs> as soon as things get heavy, yeah, Al, Al coaches, shows up. Al shows up to coach whenever it gets uncomfortable for Sam. That's right. He was just planning to jerk or off in the corner. It gets hot for Al. Yeah. That's right. And then the slap showed up. So outside, they cut to this crane shot. The transmission cables up on top of the building, and there's somebody with a big bolt cutter up by an antenna. An old man Beekman is looking up. <laughs> And he's like, do it! And he goes, and cuts it, and there's sparks, and there is no more broadcast. That was the antenna, the transmitter, and they cut the cables. So Al, when they realize that things uh, have been shut down, and the crowd that is gathered outside, all that crowd of teens that has uh, sure. taken over the block, they can't hear anything anymore. Al realizes and goes, they you cut it! Da- you can't dance without music. No, you can't. Well, we all know that. Uh... Phil Collins can't, even if there is music. (laughs) Al says, they cut the transmission cable. And then it goes to commercial. And then it comes back from commercial. And Sam goes in a prime TV move commercial, back from commercial reset. They cut the transmission cable. (laughs) It's funny watching After which Al says, I just said that. (laughs) <laughs> Which I really liked. Go ahead. Nick. I do too. But like with with something like that, where this show was aired in 1990, this particular episode, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And so now we're watching on Netflix as millennials all these years later. So we don't see the commercial break, but it's so blatant what they were trying to do. Oh like, yeah, hundred percent. They're just resetting at the beginning of the next you know act yeah. break. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have to. Yeah, it's fun. it's it's hilarious to us though because it's like, oh, you cut the antenna, cut back, cut the antenna. Yes, <laughs> I cut the antenna. I now just fucking back. said that. Like he did. He just said that. Did you also get five minutes of commercials from Tide? Yes, I did. So the tra- <laughs> the transmission cables are cut. Shit's not working out, and the phone rings. And by rings, I mean a light blinks because it's a radio studio. Mm-hmm. Jill Taylor goes, oh, when it rains, it pours. Bad news. Picks up the phone, of course. It's uh, Beekman outside, like, you ready to give up yet? And she's like, yeah. no, you son of a bitch. And there's a fucking mob out there by this point. Yeah, there's a mob. A teen mob. Yeah. Purple flames on the, on the caddy. That's right. Teen That's mob. That's not a joke. No, not a joke. Now, Sam... In a very Sam moment, here's... I'm goes, a time traveler from the future. Goes, yeah, honestly. <laughs> goes quantum physics and time travel. Uh, goes, goes, I think says out loud, when it rains, it pours. Because Jill just said that. And then he goes, what are, you, what are the gutters made of? What are, what are your oh. gutters like in this building? She's like, I don't know. It's like green and kind of like metal. And he goes, it's copper. 
And Sam figures out that, ugh, you know, copper is super conductive, like electrical wires are made of copper, so Sam hooks up some, like, battery clamps yeah. to the gutter, and then, hurrah, there's power back to the antenna. Everybody's all excited, and Al, who's up there on the roof with Sam, standing next to the antenna, starts, starts glowing blue, and he's like, Sam, I'm leaping out! Yeah. And Sam's like, you're, you're too close to the antenna, you idiot. Like... <laughs> Step literally one foot to your left. <laughs> and he does, and he's fine. And he's fine. Fine. Also, too much antenna talk. How many times have we heard talk. the word antenna this episode? Too many. Too many. Guys, make a drinking game. Clearly, I'm over this. So, rock and roll is back. It's the next morning. Uh, everybody, the, the crowd is still outside. Everybody's still digging the rock and roll. Yep. And literally everyone in the universe wants to stop this except for Boss Hog. Beekman, is that what we're calling him? Except for Beekman. That's what you're calling him. Yeah. So he's like, fuck this. And who is? Beekman. Beekman. Yeah. Like, takes off his jacket, rolls up his sleeves, finds a hatchet from somewhere, not sure where this happens, and <laughs> yeah. starts fucking here's Johnnying the front door. Fuck! <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what is going on? Can you imagine if we lived in the 50s, we could just kill whoever we wanted. Whoever we wanted. Yeah. You've seen enough forensic files that I, I think know. you could almost get away with it now. That's why none of the crimes in forensic files start until the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There were no forensics. That's right. <laughs> 50s, you could kill whoever the fuck you wanted. 50s for- pretty amazing. 50s forensics were literally just, don't believe the black guy. <laughs> That's it. That was 50s forensics. Okay, we're straying again. Go ahead. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Back to the hatchet. He's hatcheting the front door. They hear this from inside, obviously. They're like, what the hell's going on? Uh, Al pulls out Ziggy. He's typing in, guys, Ziggy Mark II. We're pre-acid Lego, but That's we're right. like souped-up funky calculator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which apparently Sam can read. Al's going, bleep, 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 bleep. Oh, yeah, and Looking it makes at no, it's just blinking lights to us. It's just blinking lights. He shows it to Sam. You can't even read. First of all, it said 58008, which, of course, Al. <laughs> <laughs> what if it did? Best joke of any episode we've ever done. Of either, <laughs> of either show, by the way. <laughs> I appreciate that. Oh, go on. <laughs> That's why I had this trophy made up. Uh, and Al holds up. The holds up Ziggy to Sam's face, and Sam, uh, I guess, is can able to read. Interpret the yeah. He doesn't remember. He, but but keep in mind, this is second season. They're still flushing things out. I think they made up rules that stuck later on. I no, he's mm, never been able to read Ziggy before or since. At least in the episodes. I mean, maybe I don't know. But what I'm this learning is the about first time I've seen Al like, hey, look at what Ziggy has to say. Bleep, blah, bloop. I get it. Yeah. No. I mean, I guess if Al can read it, then Sam must be able to. Guys, I don't know. I don't know. Because here's what happens. Because it's Swiss memory. He should... Stop it. Good Guys, good morning, good morning Vietnam is Swiss cheese proof. <laughs> you can't forget that. Uh, Sam reads Ziggy, runs to the, like, uh, runs somewhere out of the room. They go and follow him. He's in the studio. He's got... He's flipping through these papers. He's... And then he pulls up this thing, and he sits down... <clears throat> He turns off the music and he gets real serious. And he reads this story about freedom, about boys coming back from like World War One or something. I think it was World War Two. It might have been World War Two. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Must have been. And uh, and spoiler alert: this story about freedom and what these boys died for was written by Beekman himself. Right back in the day 
when he had like just come back and was a reporter, I guess, for the newspaper that he owns. So while he's while he's fucking Jack Torrancing away at the <laughs> at the front door, he starts to hear this like crazy story about freedom, and he knows he's got. He knows he's got. I recognize that prose. That's yeah. me. <laughs> it's me. Uh, I think it's a cop out of an ending. I don't think there's any way that that guy could have had those feelings thirty or plus years ago or whatever, hmm. and then been such the curmudgeon that he turned into in 1959. I think it's bullshit. I think it was a convenient ending, and I think this was a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're not quite done yet. Guys, but I'm just saying, in general, like that seemed like a cop out to me. That was literally all it took. All it took was like, yeah. And then the whole mob just moved away with their hatchets. They're just like, we're going home now. No, no. Rock and roll's acceptable. No, they... I'll do the twist. They strike up the rock and roll, and everybody gets back to the dance party, (laughs) and there's Al doing a twist on top of the Purple Flames caddy. He's love it. He's having a good time. Everybody's outside. Wolf Sam Jack, Jill Taylor, everybody. The, The other DJ that nobody gives a shit about. And they're holding <laughs> hands. His name is Ryan, and he wore a loud shirt, and we should appreciate him for who he is. Well, Ryan and Wolf Sam Jack mm-hmm. have their arms over each other, and they decide they're going to go for a big old howl, because that's howling Wolf Jack's thing. At the station, by the way, which the call letters are W-O-F. It's Wolf. It's Wolf. It should be Wolf. 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 They're Wolf. Oh! That's his big thing. I've so never their- known any radio, uh, what do you call them, call letters, mm-hmm. to only have three. It's always a four. They probably did in the, in the 50s, oh, yeah. honestly. Okay. Didn't, like, phone numbers have four it. digits? <laughs> I mean, really? Wasn't everyone, like, Klondike 9? Yeah. That's a KL9. Klondike 5, me, yeah. 9. Um, so that's it, right? So he howls Can out. I make a Simpsons reference? Yeah. Remember when Mr. Burns' social security number was two? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, damn you, FDR, or whatever it was. <laughs> yes. It's great. Uh, Greg Thomas is going to love this. <laughs> and that name check. <laughs> so they're howling, and of course, mission accomplished. Sam leaps out mid-howl. Yeah, which again, such... I get how much they love American Graffiti. They should make it more explicit then. They should have at least referenced the fact that they're aping American Graffiti this whole time. Because the how was Wolfman Jack's thing. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Presumably. I didn't know Wolfman. And where was the Harrison Ford cameo? Come on. I think we missed it. Okay, so we've leapt out. We've Uh, leapt out. We're getting something good here. We've leapt out of Wolf Sam Jack and leapt into... Some Jews. <laughs> because Sam has a yarmulke and a blue, like, scarf thingy. Right. Pardon me, guys. I don't know what it's called. Yep. And there is a young girl reading uh, in front of a crowd. It is her bat mitzvah. And they, the guy who's standing next to her is like, isn't that great, everybody? And looks over at Sam. And Sam's like, what? And he goes, we're expecting the oh boy. But I am proud enough to say that I predicted this line. Nick and I both predicted lines in this episode. Yes. Mine was his quantum physics time travel. And Nick, as a joke, instead of having Sam say, oh boy, says, oy Oy vey. vey. And let me tell you what Sam says. Oy vey, (laughs) I'm the rabbi. Oh, I see. I was laughing over it. Yeah, you didn't hear the second part. part. (laughs) I was just so proud of myself for being right. 
And well, I was so wouldn't blinded. It been, wouldn't it have been better, though, if they'd pared it down based on the oh boy iconography by that time? What? Just leave it as oy vey. Like, oh boy. You don't need to tack another line onto that. I don't think it was clear enough. Mm-hmm. I don't think the blue scarf, the blue and white, and the stars of David, and the yarmulke, and the little girl speaking Hebrew was clear enough. <laughs> Uh, I'm just saying, make it succinct. But, but they did it. And I was so offended, I could barely read Created by Donald P. Belisario. <laughs> that showed up immediately after. And then we, clapped, and then we, we jerked clapped. off, and then we jerked each other off. That's right. And then we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Carolyn. Carolyn. Yeah, that's right. I enjoyed it until I stopped taking notes, and then I stopped enjoying it. Yeah, why did that happen? I don't know. Did we just know where it was going too hard? Yeah, I think that was. I it. think that's what it, it was. Leaned for real me. hard into a predictable ending. Yeah, that's season two for you. You just know where it's going to end up. Let's jump right to Oswald, season five. Oh, Part we two. haven't yet. <laughs> no. Oh boy, gotta, we got to get a good. good guy. We haven't done Oswald. We haven't done Doctor Ruth. No, <laughs> I like that you keep bringing that back like it's a classic. It, to me, it's it just is what I happened to watch when it first hit Netflix like four years ago. And I told you about it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not good. And I've wanted it's to watch good. it ever since. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Let's do it next. Unless we have a guest, let's do Ruth I want a next. good guest. I want a good guest. For Ruth? For Ruth. It's a thankless episode. Is it really? Me. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. It should just be us. Okay. Well, I'll take your word for it. Unless, is Dr. Ruth still alive? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Let's see what she's up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. I'll tweet her. <laughs> Would you? She's on there. All right. Are we done with this? Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, everybody, we fucking did it. I needed to swear. That's how crazy <laughs> this episode was. Do we not swear, generally? No, I do. Yeah. I just Not just a we did it. We fucking did it. We fucking did it. Guys, we went through it together. Uh, thank you so much. Oh, wait. We didn't... <laughs> going way back. The music just started and everything, yes? I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. W.O.F. Turns out to be a hit, and then uh, oh, that's right. We'll save Jack and Jill get married. Yeah, that's right, guys. We didn't even we didn't even give the happy ending. She becomes <laughs> Jill Sam Jack. That's right, Jill Sam Jack. We're Jill Jack. That's not bad either. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. If you want to recommend a sh- an episode that we do, you can email us at show at grapesofrad.com. And uh, hit us up on Facebook or whatever if you want. Twitter? But I like the emails better because then I get to read them. Sure. Yeah, Twitter. We're, we're Grapes of Rad on all that. And uh, do you have anything else, Nick? No, that's it. Thank you so much for being, uh, for listening again. <laughs> it's been so long since we've done something. Oh, yeah. And... That's what I have to say. Thank you so much, guys, for suffering through the hiatus. I know how tough it must have been. <laughs> yeah, without us? I mean, without come on. Us, I can't imagine. I mean, we still have each other. Not everybody can count on that. <laughs> oh, guys. All right. Can we all together? Finally, it's been so long. I think we can pool our resources and all hope that the next leap is the leap home. Sha-na-na-na.